Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends, I hope this finds you well. My name's Chris Thrall, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. Just gonna say here and now, we've got a bit of feedback, Tim, so I don't know where that's that's coming from you somewhere, I think. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you can let us know if we're all loud and clear in the comments. As I said, I'm Chris Thrall, former Royal Marine. I run the Bought the T-Shirt podcast, or I host the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. We have got a fantastic live chat uh, for you all this evening. Uh, but first, a bit about me this evening. Uh, but first, a bit about me. Okay, thank you for sticking with us, folks, and uh, watching a bit about me. Now, we're going to talk about our guest. I'm very honoured this evening. In fact, I've been looking forward to this all day because Tim Davies is a former squadron leader with the RAF. He flew tornado bombers, uh, but not only that, he runs the YouTube channel Fast Jet Performance. Um, there's, link, there's a link for it below. If you guys want to go and uh, go and join Tim's channel if you haven't already. But, <laughs> but not only that, Tim has to be one of the nicest men I've ever met. He's got his, uh, wears his heart on his sleeve like I do. He just wants his best for our young people. And I don't know about you, but with what everything that's going on at the moment, and we're not, we're not going to say the words because we all know where that ends us up, but you all know what I'm referring to. It's really important to have people like Tim in your life that, that you can sit down and just chat with. And if there's something Tim knows that I don't, he can explain to me and I will listen and vice versa, rather than using the, uh, what's it, the CT word, I don't mean my initials, and just blanking somebody, which, which seems to be the case when you chat with unenlightened people, isn't it? So for that, I'm uh, truly grateful. But before I let Tim speak, we're going to have a look at his intro. <laughs> my gosh, you don't really get a better calling card than that, do you? Not if you want to uh, kiss the girls, put it that way, or, or the boys, you know, kiss anybody. <laughs> Just make sure they're over 18 or you'll be uh, joining Prince Andrew. Yeah, my wife don't let me do it anymore, Chris. <laughs> Tim, how are you, mate? Can you hear us, Tim? Not too bad. Have we got an audio stag? Are we okay? I think we're okay. You'll, there'll yeah, be I can a, hear you. Yeah, there'll be a delay um, on... There'll be a delay on the YouTube video if you get what I mean. This is why it's important to have the volume turned off on the uh, on the YouTube video. Is that making sense? Yeah, I'm just sorting that out now. I think we're going to be okay. But if I hear feedback back, I will tell you. It seems okay, Tim, at the minute. I think we're all okay. I wouldn't worry. There's a lot of lag, Chris. That's the problem. Um, right. Not Let me just try and sort out my end with the preferences here, and you, I'm just going to basically switch everything off. Are you sure it's 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 lag on YouTube? It's it's I'm not hearing any lag, mate, on our Zoom call. And the okay, Zoom, stand by them. The Zoom call is only the the only important thing, right? Don't worry about the rest of it. Just 
Can you give me a one, two, three right now? One, two, three. Yeah. I think I know what it is. Let <laughs> let me just sort out um, this. I'm I'm literally going to. Here's here's the thing I've got to do. I've got to turn the volume off my Zoom. No, I would leave the volume watch. volume on the Zoom, Tim. Leave that on. Yeah, get rid of YouTube. Hold on. Get rid of YouTube. Otherwise, we're going to lose everybody. That's it, friends. This is uh, it's normally a bootneck trying to take care of the technology and screwing it up. I'm handing over. Give me, give me 30 seconds. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely fine, Tim. Honestly, you're coming through fine. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can, can hear you perfectly. Okay, that's better. I've everything else is gone so yeah basically what i did there just messed up the tech at the start of your um your live stream so no. i'll take responsibility for that well i should say thank you very much to brooke benson brooke's there in in the chat taking charge for me thank you brooke good man yeah cheers, uh, along with tony 66 Legend. hiya tony uh brooke very kindly spent another hour with me today just preparing all of this because it's so easy the technology is going so fast now to just get yeah, yeah. left behind there's there's always glitches and last week it was something as simple as just turning my uh my obs studio on and off that was all it was we had we had this buzzing like a mosquito we turned it off um yeah like yeah mute zoo mute youtube keep zoom open yeah. there's, there's brooke my tech man. that basically if that doesn't start the first time you turn it off and on again that's the truth. The tornado there. That's exactly what you do. You shut everything down. You leave the batteries off for three minutes and you start up again. Same with that one at the bottom. <laughs> and you, you give, give it a good bang like the old TV sets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Engineers would hit that on the side with the chocks. They'd hit the chocks on the side of the jet like that. <laughs> you can't hit TVs anymore. They're too fragile and they're too expensive. Yeah, you get locked up for something when you they make up a charge, I'm sure. Yes. It'd be something, wouldn't it? So, friends at home, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, what we're going to do in a minute, we're going to try and go to video and we're going to have a look at the new Top Gun trailers. We've got two trailers. One is just the uh, trailer. It's on Creative Commons so, Commons, so we shouldn't get into trouble with copyright. And I've also got a sort of behind the scenes, slightly longer director's cut that might be good to get um, to get Tim's views on. So, But before that, how's your YouTube journey going, Tim? Yeah, it's all right, actually. I quite like the crowd. I don't get any negative comments. I mean, I had one, and then I kind of responded to the dude and said, oh, why was it? Oh, yeah, I did one of this kind of game, uh, which is a bit of a cartoon game with flying. Chris, it's um, called VTOL VR. And someone wrote in and said, I prefer the DCS ones, which is Digital Combat Sim. And I'm like, okay. It's like Ricky Gervais says, isn't it, about guitar lessons. You know, he goes up to something on the board offering guitar lessons, and he takes one off, and he goes, I don't want guitar lessons. It's like... Walk on by, there's a whole other load of videos out there. Um, but I did one about, I'm going to say, social justice on your channel. And I did one about the um, uh, the, the, the wokeness that we're currently, uh, and it was to do, Chris, with um, a, a fighter pilot in the Royal Air Force who uh, had written something in his signature block that offended someone else. Remember, you take offense, don't you? You don't necessarily give it. And this guy had taken offense and he'd written in with an anonymous for form and blamed the fighter pilot for it. The problem with fighter pilots is they look for fights because the clues in the name. So um, <laughs> I did one on that, and uh, that was quite popular. Not with the Royal Air Force, of course. I'm, I'm right, Chris. The issue I've got with the Air Force today is next week is their diversity and inclusion week, and you would not believe the stuff they're discussing on Wednesday. We can talk about white privilege. That's they're honestly having a session on white privilege on Wednesday. I mean, if you want to divide the service, talk about white privilege and tell every white person they're not good enough, and every black person they're a victim. So. 
to me, it's horrific to be dragging that in. Talk about privilege. That's understandable, but don't label it because it becomes racist then. There's not more racist term than white privilege. So it's good. I'm going to discuss that as well on my YouTube channel at some point. That should be fun. And to be honest, Chris, I don't know how you got on, mate, but whenever I discuss these things, I get demonetized. <laughs> YouTube demonetizes my videos. Yes, that's the thing. I'm getting a lot of videos demonetized. That's why, friends, if you can support my Patreon, £2 a month. Oh, that's what I say. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to be putting some more levels on the Patreon so we can sort out the live coaching. We can get a team chat going on for people that want to uh, have a say or, or at least give their contribution as to how the channel should go into the future and what, what sort of guests and what sort of content we should be looking at. So that's, um, that's all going to be on the Patreon. We're, all, we're also going to have memberships on YouTube, which I've been trying to sort out for about four months now, but just, Tim, how do you find your busyness? Well, yeah, I mean, someone asked me to be an MP this morning, uh, which is fantastic, of course, but I'm like, yeah, I'll fit that in on a Monday morning. The truth is when you, when you do these videos, Chris, as you know, it takes up a lot of time. I mean, my editing alone on the DCS videos, the process to make a 30 minute DCS video easily takes about five hours. When you when you put the top and tail on it, you put it into you know editing program. You do the audio because you want to put out quality product. Um, but I have workflows now, just as I did when I flew these aircraft, and I just stick to the routine. You know, regimented stick to these routines. And I've got some great supporters who literally offer me advice. Um, they've they've literally helped me out. You know, with with so much about how to get the you know the, the virtual reality working and all this sort of thing, or about audio levels or why things don't work or lighting. They literally write in the comments and I write back saying, that's amazing. Thank you. You know, so I'm quite lucky. I don't really have haters, I suppose, which is strange seeing as the left are full of hate. I just read down here, Chris, I want to be fair to you, mate. Someone said, um, there goes the peaceful village. Are we not talking about this sort of stuff in your channel anymore? Um, have I, have what, I, have I missed what, something? One second. No, 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 no. All, all I don't talk about is the thing at the minute, Tim, because you, it's just against, um, it's against YouTube's rules and that's fine. That's YouTube. So everyone knows what's going on at the moment. We don't need to say the words, right? All right. The three um, words we don't say anymore. Yeah. Those just, three words. Just, oh, fine. You know, I didn't realize it was against that. Is it really against that? Is it? I didn't realize. Wow. Well, we're I'll, censoring speech now. Is that I'll what give, we're doing? Well, I'll give you a, it, it's not so much the speech. It's just that obviously everybody's got a different take on what's going yeah, on. Yeah. YouTube are obviously under, um, they come under pressure. I'm going to say it's probably from like an advertising conglomerate. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, that, fair enough. That represents enough. the views of the uh, the big business. And we all know, you know, we know what they're about. And so if if um, big business says to YouTube, we don't want people giving an alternative narrative on this subject, YouTube have to comply because they can't afford to lose their, their app. But it's, How do we get here? Yeah, How do but, we get here? But going back to what you're saying about the RAF um, dividing itself, it's for people listening. This is why I'm talking a lot at the moment about the Babylonian money mafia. You see, mm. once you understand the evil money system that controls us all, that then you understand why the people behind it, it's the people behind the monetary system that have a vested interest in getting the RAF to have infighting and difference and squabbles, having the other services then jump on and attack the RAF, having the civilian population then 
all dividing themselves over this issue. And remember, that's one issue in the RAF. There's yeah, one small issue, yeah. millions of other issues going on, millions of other narratives as we speak in life going on, and everybody is arguing over them, right? This is how the money mafia work. Meanwhile, they're pulling all the strings. They're still lending out their bits of paper with, you know, fives, tens and twenties written on, fifties or a hundred if you're lucky. Uh, they're still charging interest that they, you know, that they make up as they go along. They don't have any gold in their bank to back up. And this is, this is how they, they control it. They control it all. Um, I've been talking a lot about it lately, Tim, because it's so easy to talk about lefties and right and, and social justice warrior. And that's fine. But what that does is keeps everybody at the lower echelon. It's called, oh, called I agree. in spiritual society, it's called the third degree. Whereas you and I, we operate in the fourth dimension, sorry, third dimension. We operate in the fourth dimension because we're enlightened. But to get to that fifth, you can't, it's important we don't cling on to the old references and the old ways of being, right? I hope this is making sense. So say, for example, you've got a public speaker and um, they've got a big social media influence and they're clearly enlightened because they hate the system and they realise what the system has maybe done to them personally, like we all do. But rather than preaching love, kindness, empathy, understanding, gratitude, all the things you need to be to to live in the fifth dimension, which is utter balance and harmony, what they the mistake they make is is they use all the um, mechanisms of the third dimension still. So they'll be talking about woke people and this yeah. and that, and it's like, whoa, dude, all you're doing is cementing the people into that narrative, you know, you've, you've got, so anyway. It's distraction. It's subversion, actually, is what it is, Chris. It's the country's being subverted. And there's, it takes about 20 years to subvert a country and the country has to be willing to be subverted as well. Um, you know, that's the truth. It's very easy to subvert a country if we allow, you know, uh, other material from other countries in and then we read it. So yeah. that's and the they, problem, unfortunately. They, this Babylonian money mafia, people have heard me talk a lot late, Tim, because I've just read this excellent book. Um, there we go. Okay. The, the Babylonian um, Woe. Okay. I've not actually, read that. I'll, I'll, I'll try and remember to put a link below. Um, a, good, a good friend of mine, Mike McCarthy, who really understands what's going on way more than I do. This guy is just really on the ball. Um, he put... He, pointed me to that book and it's really opened my eyes up to the fact that these money magicians as they're referred to go back to the times of ancient Babylon when they first learned how to corrupt society by infiltrating the temples the palaces mm, the churches right. yeah um, but Jesus threw the money lenders out of the temple didn't he exactly, exactly. And you think, why do you throw them out of the temple well if you read about it you understand it you know what I'm saying but is what it is. You are enlightening people, Chris. You know this, don't you? Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to do my best because um, there's never been a more serious time in my life, Tim. It's that simple, right? What what we're going through now is way, way, way more serious for me than getting shot at um, countless times in Northern Ireland, you know? This is about my family. It's about my my son. It's about the fact that the narrative that's going on, it's just 
awful. And again, I'm not going to talk about it, but some of the stuff that's going on in the schools, Tim, it makes you want to freaking cry. They, I'll you, be reading about it. Yeah. You know, what they're teaching. Mm. And what did Jesus say when he was up there on the cross? He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And, and that's in the Bible for a reason. That is 98.5% of society, even if they're, like I say, in the fourth dimension, so they're enlightened, are still buying in to false uh, false science and false narratives. And it's, yeah. you know, ugh, it, I would... But, you know, we... Sorry, mate. Go on. We, I, I know we, I'm we, talking a lot, folks. No, it's, it's just, fine. It's just... We can calm it though. I mean, I think that's that's the thing, Chris. You know, when you have people and you talk to a lot of people, um, I listen to Douglas Murray, people like that. We can calm all this with sensible voices. Um, I get called a racist a lot. It, one of the things, it's like I, I, I say I'm a nationalist, but then people say, "Oh, you're part of BNP," and I'm like, "No, no, no." They use their word also, but well, I could be proud of my country. Don't get me wrong, and I am. You know, I think we're very tolerant as a country, and the problem is, unfortunately, we've got state actors in the country or people who are celebrities and should know better that are very active in pushing a very negative um, negative themes through that's dividing us you know we weren't we weren't intolerant of any race you know 13 percent of the country is is ethnic minority i hate the term bame as well uh, the, the problem is and i don't want to get into it too much chris but you know i think the left are inherently racist um with everything they do and they're trying to cover up what it's not intentionally racist it's a it's a it's a uh, it's unconscious bias mostly but by calling people bame is you take all these these different people who are individuals and i hate individuals don't they they have to put them all in boxes and collectives to the left but then you you don't let them be a singaporean or an african or um a pakistani or a Muslim. you can't let them do that no you've got to put them in a, something called a bame box and you call them bame so you've got white people and then you've got everyone else and you call them bame what's more racist than that chris that is inherently racist that is that's what i don't understand about it uh, and so we have to unfortunately do we tolerate that and we say, well, we're, we're allowing the country to be fragmented on ethnic lines. But we don't do that, Chris, because we're British and we're the most tolerant nation on earth. And all of a sudden, we've got people trying to make us the least tolerant nation on earth. And we're just, we always follow America as well, don't we? We're five years behind America. And if you read Douglas Murray's stuff, um, he wrote The Madness of Crowds. I'm reading now. Very interesting book. He says that America is now ripe for civil war. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, oh, with, again, to friends at home, remember what I'm saying the Babylonian money mafia divide and control. They fragment, they destroy identities. They're putting everybody into the home cocoon so you don't no longer talk to your neighbor. Your food's gonna be brought in by zone or delivered to the front door because you've ordered it from Asda or Tesco over the internet, right? You lose that face-to-face -face vital contact. Just look at people when you walk down the street now. They don't look at you and go, morning, like we used to. They put their head down, pretend they're on their phone or pretend they're looking at because their self-confidence has been destroyed. They're, yeah, the um, Masks. the the uh, uh, interaction, people are no longer taught to stand up, smile, look you in the eye, shake your hand, introduce themselves. All of it's gone out the window. The whole nationalist, uh, nationalist sort of situation is interesting as well because by and, and Graham Moore, Daddy D Dragon, talks wonderfully about this. By England having its constitution run roughshod over by the UK, which isn't, which is like a European kind of um, uh, construct. We've lost all our English persons' rights, and 
we actually have a constitution in the UK. We actually have the right to bear arms, believe it or not. And what I'm saying is um, it's it's all to destroy our identity as Englishmen and women. Um, this massive influx of uh, illegal immigration that we're seeing, right? And this is this is nothing to do with racism. This is going back to what I'm saying. Get loads of different um, ethnicities in the country, loads of uh, different values, different culture, different upbringings. And what are you doing? You're you're dividing a society. You're bringing it to its knees. You're you're introduce you're uh, introducing a factor that just doesn't fit with the equation, and then hence crime rates will go up because not you know there isn't the the provision for everybody. And then and if you look at countries like Sweden and see what's happening over there, they've got ghettos, they've got no go areas, they've got the highest rape statistics now. Uh, I believe in the world, right? Or it's certainly in, in Europe. And this is what the money mafia do. They just seek to destroy. And while we're all, while we all focus on the peripheral stuff that's insignificant, because at the end of the day, human beings love and respect each other. We're all one, one tribe. We all get on. You go to any country in the world, you, you just you crack on with the people there. They don't turn around and go, oh, you're English. I don't like you. Well, you know, even in Argentina, I've been in Argentina and welcome with 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 open arms. They give you the old double kiss over there. It, it's that that's human beings. So, ah, getting off topic of uh, well, we're getting off the topic of yeah. you, you, Tim. But it's once you see it, once you see and understand what's happening, it it's again it's it's like you can step out of the matrix but then you've got to understand how the matrix works I'm not sure if this is making sense but yeah you've got to understand how it works and i think that's the problem that people are not enlightened in into what's going on in the background because no one's interested in the 64 different genders i don't care what gender you want to call yourself it's a really dull topic to talk about like I find it all dull. And also, why bother talking about gender? I mean, and I'll, I'll just say young people right now, because I think they've gone through a very left-wing education system. He's run away. See, that's what I do when I talk to people. Harry. You know what I mean? He's, he's gone. He's like, right, so anyway, this is now the Tim Davies podcast. Welcome back to... Uh, to I'll, I'll be called Tim Thrall. There we go. Um, and what we're going to talk about today... Is he gone? He hasn't lost his signal, has he? Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> right, so what should we talk about? talk about anything can we just talk about chris we talk about chris i think he's gone to his door i think what chris was trying to say is we shouldn't be so distracted by what's going on with all this kind of stuff and we should actually concentrate on leading purposeful lives i think that's probably the best thing is right what should we talk about then um what's on here i'm looking at my phone now yeah he's obviously he's got people kidnapping him right what he wants to talk about i think on this is um the top gun trailer and i purposely haven't watched it because i didn't think i'd watch it first off i think there's another one that's come out i think that's what he's um He's going to play in a second. I can't play it, guys, because I haven't got the thing that he's going to play through his channel, have I? So I can't do it. All right, ask me some questions. Here we go. You're back, Chris. Don't tell him what we said, people, all right? Don't tell him what we talked about. And that's why Chris is such a great guy, everyone. So uh, he's a special man. Oh, Chris, you're back. Sorry, dude, I didn't see you there. You all right? What have you been Just saying there. about me? <laughs> oh, you do not want to know. <laughs> you should have seen what people are writing, Chris, about you down here. Oh. I was like, oh, no, don't write about him. That's not him. He's, a, he's not that man. He's a different guy. <laughs> that's different to the Chris I know about. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, seamless. Yeah, yes. Thank you. 
No, I like it. I love having someone take over, take over the show. It's um, it's I good. I was naked. I was I, naked. Yeah, we saying. we had someone absent without leaves. That's why I just had to go and go and check. But, uh, yes, interesting times. Um, yeah, in, interesting times. And you can can't get distracted by it, Chris. No, you can't. You, you, you can't lose the love. You can't turn to the booze. All of those things they they turn you incredibly negative, don't they? Well, your brain gets full up of negativity, doesn't it? That's the problem. And then you, it's very interesting, actually, because I'm, I'm a very much into language and I'm very careful what I say. So on Twitter, you know, if, I, if someone puts something on Twitter about um, how this current young generation uh, are being destroyed because they're going to university, but they can't party and everything, and, and they had to finish exams early. And they said, um, we need to do stuff for them, very young people, you know, they've, Young, this young, young generation, this young generation, I've never had it so bad. And so it's very easy then, isn't it, to put a picture of the landing crafts going onto the Normandy beaches up against that one. I mean, every generation has, has trouble. It really does. But, but that's me sort of joking aside. But I do think this is just one of those life's events, isn't it, that we all have to go through and we're all at different, different stages in it. And how we deal with it really is, um, is down to us, isn't it? It's, it's a hard one. Yes. And you make a good point there. If it's... So if I got attacked in your chat. Say again, you. Yeah. I was looking at your chat to see whether I've got attacked. No, Codrex. no, 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 no. I've, yeah. I've, I've some very um, great subscribers, but also our, my live chats are just full of all my regulars, um, and they, they, you know, they're good old, good old people. And if they're not, Brooke and Tony will take care. Of it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, think... well, I need to do more live chats myself, actually. But I just send a sitter and chat to myself, and um, that can be quite dull, isn't it? Well, what will I was be... going to get. Well, I'll ask your opinion on this, Chris. Yeah. I was going to ask Jim Davidson. Remember Jim Davidson back in the day? Comedian? Yeah. yeah. Remember him? My dad was a big fan back in the day. That was a man that was counselled, wasn't it? Um, back in the day, when, he, when people were telling jokes about race and about sex, Jim was one of those people. You know, he never charged ever to speak to the military. And he got really angry when um, he learned how much the Spice Girls were charging to go out to one of these concerts. And Jim was charging nothing. He's never charged to, to do all these things in front of the military. Military love him, of course. Um, he's a true patriot, isn't he? And he does go a bit far sometimes, Jim. But back then, everyone did, didn't they? And they counseled him for these jokes he used to make back in, back in the day. He, but he's got his own website now. And he's got his own you know, little... He was on YouTube. I think he got chucked off. So now he's got his own website where he's doing a bit of you know, Jim Davidson TV. And I thought I might ask him to come on my podcast and have a chat. He could come on yours, couldn't he? Yeah, see, um, see how you get on. Mm. Um, I did, uh, I did invite him. Um, what I will say is, and this is not a reference to Jim Davison, but you can say the yeah. same for anybody in the public eye of that kind of, uh, let me just say, era for probably want of a better word. Again, again, though, they're very much sustaining the narrative. Uh, I'm not saying that oh, everyone, okay. everyone, I'm okay. not saying, I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not talking about Jim Davis now. I'm saying it, it becomes awkward when you see someone in the media arguing over a current affair. Mm. And yet the two sides of the argument don't even understand that if you knew the science, this isn't even an argument. This is a distraction. Yeah, no. yeah, you're right. And, uh, I was going to talk about this diversion and inclusion day, a week, sorry, with the, with the Air Force on my own channel. And I, I want to kind of bring that in. I'm quite interested in what, what, what you mean by that and, and how, you, how you talk about those sort of subconscious layers almost, because it's very easy to, 
to challenge this, isn't it? And say, come on, you know, in the military, you, you employ people that are, are of reasonable intellect. Um, I think you've given them this diversion and inclusion day um, where you, you talk to them about their white privilege is patronizing and condescending. But then what am I doing? I'm doing exactly the same thing, Chris, aren't I? I'm, I'm talking about the same narratives that are keeping us divided. You know, I just think that, I think diversion and inclusion, the way it's being done at the moment is dividing people. And it takes people like us and your, your group here yeah. to talk about these things the, and say, hang on, you know, this is wrong. The problem is, Tim, we've all been conditioned from birth into these narratives, which is why it's so hard for people to relinquish them. They, they, they think in these linear lines and, and what they are actually are, are the bars of a jail cell, right? It's like, I give a silly example. Um, you know, let's just say, I don't know, next week they allow 10-year-olds to drive cars and a 10-year-old driving his dad's Lamborghini plows through two people on a zebra crossing and, and knocks them dead, right? The way society is, this big argument comes in about should Lamborghinis go at, you know, 180 mile an hour? Should we allow old people across zebra? It, the, the observer who understands the whole, the holistic situation is sat back going, no, dudes, it's like, should we allow 10 year olds into Lamborghinis? That, that, that's the, you know. It's not, yeah, I get that. You know, it, 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 it or, or it's look a bit, for the obvious. It, yeah, or it's a bit like, um, oh, I'm trying to think of a better example. What a current example, a current example. Well, I'm trying about. to, I'm trying to think of one that involves science. Um, well, you could talk gender, couldn't you? You could talk about gender if you want to talk about science. Oh. You could talk about X and X Y chromosomes, couldn't you? And having X X is to fight X Y in the MMA. So you know, a man gets a sex change into a woman, and then they're allowed to compete in contact sports. Yeah, that's a good one. And that is slightly different, though, because the one side in that argument generally tends to understand that what you're born as biologically, you are for life, no matter what the media and the newspapers want, however they want to oh, spin it. Doesn't. Chris, it you doesn't. Know? That's the whole point with JK. That's the whole point with JK Rowling. It doesn't understand that. What JK Rowling is trying to say is, look, you're a man or you're a woman by your chromosomes. And if you change sex, whatever, that's fine. You call yourself a fish if you want to. It doesn't matter. There's 64 different genders. You can, there'll be another one made up by the time we finish this conversation, by the way. It will be, you know, it doesn't matter what gender is. If you want to go through them, LGBTQ+, plus, which is lesbian, bi, gay, transsexual, uh, and the plus bit is QIAPPK, so queer, intersectional, asexual, I'm going to get this wrong in a minute, pansexual, oh, there's another P, PPK, and then kink is the last one. So you can add another thing on. But when they run out of letters in the alphabet, what they have to do, they have to start using the Russian alphabet, aren't they? And that's the problem. It's like, how far do you want to go? It's like, I don't care what you call yourself. Don't get me wrong. But I do care when you walk into a bathroom that say, I've got kids, but I've had a kid in a bathroom, you know, and, you know, I'm in a men's room and you walk in there and, and you, well, for me, I'm a man. I don't mind. But if I, if my wife was in a bathroom, I've gone through this, I run a rowing club and we had a big problem where we were trying to, some people want to change a bathroom into one of these bathrooms where both sexes can use them. You know what I mean? And of course, the women were like, hang on a second. I don't want, if a, I don't really want that. If a, a man's had a sex change and come into the same bathroom as me, and it's, you know, I don't I just, can we calm it down, have a conversation about it? Mm -hmm. So that is where, you know, there is, um, I think that, you know, that science in the background, which JK Rowling is trying to use. And that's where she's being attacked by the trans community uh, and relentlessly by the trans community. And, you know, I think it's I think it's pretty sad. Really. Yeah, and we got 
and I bring it back again to the money magicians, we need to rise above these petty arguments that are purposely constructed to divide us and cause hatred in society and realise who is it that funds all these ideas to, to um, you know, to divide and control us. Um, and it, it, I can't think of Good an chance. example, but let's just say, imagine if there was something the whole world had to do in order to protect, say, a vulnerable group in society, you know. Yeah. And imagine if you knew what they were doing was so... It, 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 there's no science behind it. it. That's not how it works. And yet the whole world, bar a few people like me who stand up for their rights, the whole world were doing it. But you had to sit there watching them all and you're like, oh my God, not, not one of you's bothered to even research... The reason, true. the reason behind true. your, your order, you know, this, this is, uh, I hope well, somebody at... watching this understands what I'm trying to say. I'm not going to just say it, but, um, you know, it's, it's imagine if the whole world was shoving a dead trout under their pillow so that they didn't get cancer. Right. And imagine that if works, you, by the way. yeah, <laughs> imagine if you were in the 0.0. .0 two five percent that knew that was absolute nonsense that it, it's the, the, the science just doesn't work out right this is um this is how powerful this system of control is this is how powerful it is yes i'm not sure if i'm making sense yeah no you are look it's um something i just thought of there was this is this is the default communist narrative from about 1970 where if you tell a story enough times eventually it will become believed uh, and also it goes into name calling as well. Have you noticed how the left name call a lot? So I, I get into arguments. Oh, I don't get into arguments because I'm, I'm 46 years old. I don't argue anymore, but I do try and say, look, I understand what you're saying, but here's why I think that you're probably a bit misled. I, I'm quite gentle with it. You have to be on Twitter. You get ripped apart, eh? But I never have been ripped apart, and I've said some pretty strong things on Twitter. Um, I mean, you, know, you don't know who's on Twitter. It could be a mentally ill person. So you have to tread a bit lightly. But what will happen is... I can I can very much see whether I'm going to be able to converse with a person if I push them just a little bit and they don't call me a name back. Um, they don't say I'm a fascist or a racist or they, they do say sometimes, oh, here comes the white army man. And I say, well, OK, let's it's all right to call someone white, isn't it? But I couldn't say, oh, here comes the, the black army man. That, that wouldn't it wouldn't work for you, would it? But you can you can you can you can assault me because I'm a 46 year old straight white guy. I'm not going to really be offended and I'm not an ethnic minority. So I'm an easy target to have. And I allow you to do that, by the way. But if they start name calling, I say, look, stop name calling. Yeah, we haven't got that far. You don't need to. And let's have a chat. And if they go, no, you're just a twat, Tim. I'm like, well, where do we go from here now? What's... It's because they've lost the argument. They've run out of ammunition for their political arguments. So the only thing left they can do is call your name. I think Thatcher said the same thing, to be honest. I've been reading a lot of Thatcher lately. Go, that's what's pushed me into the Thatcher. Margaret is my mentor at the moment. Crikey. It's gone down that line. But she did say a lot of good things. Um, the one thing I was going to to sort of talk about Netflix. I've got a film out called Cuties and I've watched a bit of it. I haven't watched the whole thing. So I'm not going to completely comment on it, but this is young girls. I don't know if you've seen this, Chris, have you? Oh. Have you seen this? Oh. This young girls. Was... And here's the thing about it. I'm not going to rant because I'm a calm man now and I wear a blood pressure monitor in the morning and I've got 120 over 80. So I'm not going back to where I used to be. But Chris, mm. the key here is if you've got an eight year old daughter and you don't put her on that stage, you say, no, I'm not going to put you on the stage. I don't... You shouldn't watch that film. You see what I mean? You shouldn't watch the film. It's like, this is young, this is someone else's young kid dancing on a stage from what I've seen. You know I mean? I've only seen a bit of it. How does that ever get on Netflix? Since when was it acceptable to put young people like that on, on, on camera? I just, 
it's someone else's daughter, you know, we're watching dancing around on stage quite provocatively, actually. And I think it actually says in the narrative, um, one of these young girls exposes her, her breast. I haven't seen that bit. I didn't really want to watch the whole thing. My wife got really angry at it. So I was like, okay, I'll try and watch it without you because I don't want to see that. But if we're going to talk about it, we have to, if you want to talk about dark places, Chris, you've got to go dark places. And I hate that, but you sometimes have to. Mm. But even says in the description, part of this film is um, paedophilia. They've written it up there. In, in this film, there is a definition, there is a scene depicted as a definition um, of paedophilia. I'm like, when you're writing that, does that not make you think that maybe the film shouldn't have been made? I don't know whether you've discussed this already, Chris. No, I, it's not something that I've had a chance to discuss, really. But it's very it, odd. It's what 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 is what is odder is that there'll be people in society, Tim, watching that, going, "What's everyone going on about?" It's just like yeah. it's, they're just yeah. a dance troupe. They're not. It's they're normalized. not like right. They, they you know, it, it, I've I've been fighting this for years since I started studying as a youth worker mm. twice now, I've been into a, gar a petrol garage and I've asked to see the manager and I'd say, can, can you just step outside for a minute with me? And then bang, I've beaten them. No, no. And I've taken them, you know, along the newspaper rack that they have outside the shop. Right. And I pointed out the, the, the daily sport or whatever the offending rag is. Yeah. Picture of a, of a, of a woman one leg over there one leg over there right front page of a newspaper right okay oh, if you want to yeah. buy those papers that's that's you know you each to their own right but i've said to this manager that is that child's height oh yeah these kids Not are coming that's... into your garage after school to buy their sweets and whatever all the young girls got to walk by that right what message are you giving to them about their life? About their life? What life choices are they going to make? Because they look at that, they see an adult doing that, then they got all the bloody whole makeup thing and the fact that every, I, I said to my friend, "Do you dress your child in pink?" He went, "Chris, you can't buy anything else for a girl, right? This is really? a systematic uh, destruction of uh, of young women's futures." You know, their future prospects, pigeonholing them at such a young age, not just by the pink agenda. Right. And for anyone listening, this ain't about a color. And if you think it is, I, 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 I probably could never explain to you. This is about the indoctrination of people when they're at an age before they have the ability to think for themselves that have been programmed by adults into their whole life's narrative. And on top of that. You've got this pornography aimed aimed at these you know children set, sending out the message that this is perfectly fine that you are basically you know an object for your for your entire life and you need to just perform for men. Ah, once... there's a woman on there's a woman on Twitter, Chris, called Catherine um, Burbersing. Burbersing is it? I think she's as Miss Snuffy on Twitter. And she runs a charter school in London. Um, she's a, a black woman. Uh, but she's very, artic I mean, she's, she's, she's a very articulate woman to listen to. I'm just saying that she's a, she's a black woman because her school, she talks about race a lot. Um, and I could listen to her all day. And she gave a really angry rant today, rightly so, about just what you're talking about. Like this film uh, has young girls. That, and the problem is the boys at her school that she teaches watch this stuff and they think that's how the girls are supposed to be dressed like that at the age they're supposed to be dressed like that. And she says to these young men, look, 
this is not what's supposed to and they're like well it's on tv it's on it's a it's a netflix it's a real isn't it it's on a and then they the boys and they watch all, all these lyrics about rap and stuff like that and then they end up thinking it's you've got to carry knives and stuff and so they do carry knives and then they end up in gangs and then you know the whole thing is done from very early age um it's a culture issue and she she says she does everything she can to try and drive out those narratives but in in the country we don't help that you know we perpetuate that by as you're saying have magazines on like that little kids can see and oh that's what women are and i'll tell you another thing as well this is this is what obviously other other cultures see all over the world are you know are women dressed all like that all the time and of course they don't know how to behave around them because they're, they're their women aren't dressed like that it's a very confusing thing but unfortunately we've um we've got ourselves into a bit of a mess somewhere over the last year a couple of years i don't know how well say last last decade or so I don't know what the answer is, Chris, apart from getting your people enlightened like you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the, I don't know, look at your chat. Again, I'll just say it again, folks. You know, you've got to peel back behind this, right? You don't want to be the surfer on the wave that's just getting controlled by the ocean and push. You want to go, you know, go behind. What, what is creating that wave? What is the driver behind it? Who are the drivers? Um and it's, it's why I, I spoke to Charlie Ward the other day, because there's talk of a new financial system. It's called Nisara. Um, and there's, and there's an, a global version called Gesara. So it's national um, economic. Um, I won't even pretend to try to remember the acronym, but basically it's a system of resetting the economy and getting it back by gold again. But I'm interested to know about it because... As I keep saying, it's the money magicians that are screwing all of us. They're controlling the whole show, and they have done, as I say, for six, maybe 8,000 years since people first got um, a method of exchange. But, um, yes, I tell you what, should we watch the videos and see if, we can, if I can get the technology? It doesn't make me look good. You know, they asked me to be in Top Gun, Top Gun 2, um, and I said... I said, give it to my mate Tom. He's he's an old age pensioner now, and he probably needs the money. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, what's I he said, doing in a blooming F sixteen if he's got a bus pass? That's what I want to know. He does not age, that man. He is a vampire. We realise that he doesn't age. He looks the same. I don't know what he does, but crikey, if we look, you know, how do we? You know, my hair's falling out right now. You know, I'm, I'm receding in my hairline, and I'm like, hang on, forty six. What's going on? That's not in the plan, by the way. I'm going to shave it all off and grow a massive beard and wear sunglasses and mirror shades. Well, uh, talking about sorry. vampires in Hollywood, that's another another oh, yeah, hot yeah. topic. But again, it's all distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all dis distraction. But not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying that that's there's a reason behind all this perversion and evil in the world because it's created. So it's true. Let's see how my technological skills are going to hold right. up, mate. I'm going you to do go, that. I'm going to go to the movie. That chat is funny. I must admit, oh. the chat is funny. Yeah. Don't have to have face-to-face -face sex. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to if you knew my wife. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I put two masks on her. Hey, I'll tell you what. Did you ever think you'd be on the big screen with the Top Gun logo above you? Is that what, is that what it is? Yeah. Is that what you did, was it, in your start? You put Top Gun logo above it. That just embarrassed me, crikey. No, can you not see the... Um... Oh, I got it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's a screenshot on it. I am watching the video now on my yeah, phone. It's okay. a bit weird. Okay, right. So I don't think you've got volume, but I don't think it's so important. Should we go for this, folks? I'll make noises. Let's have a look. Let's see if we get stopped for copyright. Yeah. Well, I'll mute myself here and listen to it. Oh. Thirty plus years of service. 
combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. What is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. inevitable maverick your kind is headed for extinction maybe so sir but not today wow let's just go back to our beautiful faces on the big screen what do we what do we make of that then tim it's so actually quite good isn't it it's it's very interesting um they use that bell well don't they the ding yeah, I love that. I wonder, I, use that now. I wonder how many people go down the recruiting office just because of that bell. Well, they did the last time Top Gun. Came, yeah, the last time Top Gun came out, they um they had a huge surge in recruiting in the Navy. Some of the guys I speak to in the US Navy joined because of Top Gun. I joined because Iron Eagle, Dougie, Iron Eagle's brilliant film. Um, Iron Eagle came out before Top Gun, in fact, but that was the United States Air Force variant of Top Gun. There's a lot of in. There's a lot of things in that. Uh, there's an extended one as well of that, I believe. I, mean, I think I've seen that one before, but the extended one, I think I may have seen one. I don't know whether there was a new trailer being released, but um, th I mean, there are several things about that, aren't there? It's, it's very cinematic, and that's what you have with these films, Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson films. Uh, I remember the, the advisor on the first Top Gun film, and there's a three-part series on YouTube called The Making of Top Gun. It goes through The Making of Top Gun. It's fantastic. And they said to the, the Navy advisor, said, no, 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 no. That, that scene when they're flying around the mountains, we don't do that. We don't fly like that around the mountains. And, and I think Don Simpson said, I don't care. It's, it's great for TV. So there's that. And it's a film. What do you want to watch? Air combat is quite dull. It's like goes around in circles, circles. I teach it on sims at the moment, um, digital combat sim. And I say to people, this is, it, is, it is dull. Kills happen within 40 seconds. And if they don't, then you'll probably have to die because someone else is going to come in and kill you so it's fast it's a bit brutal and if it doesn't you sit there in circles so in top gun when they when they're chasing each other like this if you film from a cockpit by the way because i have done a lot of it jets look tiny you wouldn't even see them if you look on my website you've got some pictures and some of the pictures you'll think you're looking at fields and you're not there's a jet in the middle of it and it's tiny yet when you come past them it's about a thousand foot away it's not that far um it was actually quite a big jet but when the camera it makes it look really tiny so even when you're filming you've got to have 
the jet's really close in, like close than they would ever be for real in air combat. We have a thousand foot around the aircraft that we cannot go inside for air combat because you can just close in and hit each other. And from behind, behind what's called the three nine line, of course, I don't have a use my combat tomato, shall we? Because I'm going airplane with me. Um, that's the nose of the jet here and the tail of the jet still at the back here. And the wings come out the side, as you can tell. Anything behind the wings of my tomato is called the three nine line <laughs> down to the tail. Behind that, you can be at 500 feet behind the airplane. That's fine because you can keep your speed under control. But yeah, no, I like it. And it's a good story. And it's got um, some great actors in there. And I think it's the son of Goose, isn't it? I think that he happens to train. Uh, and of course, there's going to be a death. They're going to use the same thing that worked the last time, aren't they? There's going to be a bit of a love entanglement. There's going to be a bit of, you know, the whole, I don't know whether they're going to do the shower scene again, but there's going to be that whole kind of Iceman versus Maverick. You know, one's very clinical, one's fly by the seat of his pants and stuff. And to be honest, he was called Maverick for a reason because pilots tend to be Mavericks because we don't like authority at all. And we, we have to join the military to fly fast jets. And if fast jets were flown outside the military, we'd probably go and fly them somewhere else to be fair. But so we, we get in, we join the military. I've never been with a pilot ever who is very pro-authority, very anti-authority, but we pretend because that's how you get promoted in it. So you pretend. Um, and one of the things I felt, Chris, when I came out of the military, I'd be so conformist I had no energy for creativity because they oppose each other. And I came out and all of a sudden I'm creating YouTube channels and, you know, doing films and all this kind of stuff and writing essays and books and taking pictures and having a great time. You know what I mean? But you don't get that when you're conforming uh, in, in a, in a conventional military structure. So what you're seeing in that film is Maverick when he says, um, <laughs> was that, there's an extended one where I think he talks about, uh, they invite him back to the flight school. Uh, he actually says he's ordered back to, to work. And he says, Thank you for inviting me back. They say it's called Orders Maverick. <laughs> so he knows what he's doing. He's yeah. ripping the piss. He I've knows got, what he's doing. I've got another another clip we can watch, which has got a bit of the director sort of, mm. or at least the film crew stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting because, like, I'm looking at this purely from an aesthetic creator's point of view, right? Right. Okay. Got him. Obviously. Um, we, 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 we did a whole podcast talking about the war machine and what it's really about, didn't we? And, and who it, who benefits. Yeah, um, Smedley Butler. Yeah, War's a Racket, isn't it? Yeah. and all, all, Yeah, War's a Racket. Again, it's all controlled by the, 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 the money mafia and their, their, corporate, their corporate arms. So all the companies massively profit from the, from the war and, um, or from these wars, should I say. So, but... That wasn't the road I wanted to go down. I just wanted to talk from an artistic point of view. That trailer is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. They it's have beautiful. Absolutely it cut that and ed mm. or edited it and filmed it. Um, just to. I don't think it's the score. I don't think people give enough credit to the to the the person who did that score for that trailer. It's atmospheric. You can listen to that, by the way, without watching it. And there's all the zooming jet noises, which you don't hear in real life, by the way. Cockpits are very quiet. If I'm in formation with another guy and he puts reheat or afterburner on, you, you'll hear it a bit louder. But you can, you're flying next to a jet, you can't hear them. You can't hear the jet. You can't, because you've got your own engines. You've got a lot of beeps and squiggles going on in the cockpit. The tornado was a fiercely loud cockpit. Like the radar, radar warning receiver, everything seemed to make some noise. It was hugely loud, which is why we didn't talk that much in the cockpit, because you had all the radios are listening to like two or three different frequencies at the same time, but sitting next to a jet, you go past a jet, you don't hear it. You don't get this stuff. It doesn't happen. You don't hear it at all. Wow. Um, only if you're, if you're in a formation, if you're on the runway in, in four jets, <laughs> four tornadoes getting airborne in lossy mouth. So 
you're in a you're in a formation like one two and then the other two are down here as well so finger down here like four four jets in in a echelon um when we all go into reheat when the lead jet goes into reheat we're all sitting in dry power on the brakes so dry power is no flames out the back it's but max max power on two engines jets noses are buried we're all powered up together like this noses are there when the lead jet goes into reheat the jet next to it you'll see it wobble like this and, and the jet powers up into reheat and goes off and then when the one that goes me into reheat my jet will shake like this and i hear it go roar and they roar away but up there in the sky you don't hear it because you've got the engines and you know you're up there airs flows wishing wishing past so all those kind of zoomy noises sound cool i like them a lot doesn't happen in real life though and also arguments like you saw in that video there where two pilots were trying to get at each other it's like doesn't happen all pilots are the same we're entirely predictable you know we don't get into fights we're like that ah, in fact, I'm doing a podcast soon on um, masculine violence because I do think we're entering territory now because I got shouted at by a young kid in Cheltenham the other day in my local town. Uh, this kid just threw something across in front of me. He wasn't aiming at me, but he threw, literally, he had a drink, he just threw it in the street like that. Flashed me up, didn't it? You know, I'm a 230-pound guy. He doesn't want to mess around with that. So I went, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything because apparently if you touch a kid at that age, he must have been about 15 or 16, that's assault of a minor. And I know this because... Someone had told my sister's a police officer. So I picked, I went up, picked the thing up, looked at him, put it in a bin like that. And he said, well, come at me then. Oh, he doesn't want to do that, does he? He had his, he had his 10 friends around him, but he doesn't want to do that. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a oh, you know, 230 pound guy and I've been angry for my entire life. So, but anyway, but, um, so I want to talk about masculine violence. It's very easy to get involved in a confrontation like that. I went up to a police officer and said, I'm not reporting anything. What would you do if this happened? And he said, oh, it happens a lot now. It's happening more young people just, chucking stuff you know because they haven't, they haven't been to school he says but he did the right thing he said um yeah pick it up put it in a bin don't get involved with him because if you lay a hand on him i've got to arrest you and you will go to court and you will get a caution and then you won't you know be able to travel so well or whatever and or get job opportunities it's crazy chris that's the way the world's going my man you know what i'm saying it is so i'm doing a podcast on masculine violence about keeping distance keeping the the fence um not getting involved a lot of masculine violence comes out of confrontation in, and lack of situational awareness we don't have to do that we you know about it anyway because of course you do we can take ourselves away we don't need to be in there um i just want people to be aware of uh, being dragged into these things but yeah getting in a fisty cuffs in on a squadron never seen it before in my life ever and i was flying for 20 years the the, the most i ever saw two pilots argue was my deputy a lovely bloke he took my job over now he's at valley he's a great guy and he was having a bit of a down day and we're in the crew room and when you fly regularly it's tiring chris you know what i mean it's, it's hard on the body and i think he'd flown twice that day and he's probably have to fly again and uh <laughs> someone was talking about something and he didn't agree with it and he sort of had a mini flash you know where you go well i think you're wrong because of that and it was so shocking that someone would be elevated like that in a, in a crew room. everyone kind of stopped and looked at him and he, storm, he sort of stormed off. And I walked, no, I didn't storm off. I kind of grabbed his arm because I was his boss. I kind of walked him out like that outside. And he was like, sorry. I'm mm. like, I know, mate. Don't. I said, come on, that's not, you know, what's going on? He goes, I'll go and apologize. I'm like, tapped him on the back. He went in, he went, sorry, everyone, I'm really tired. <laughs> that's the state of it. That's how violent we get as pilots. You know what I mean? We're not, we're just the same people. We're all the same. Self-select, you know, we do the same things when we're young. We self-select to go into the military. We go in, well, then the military selects us. We go through officer training and then you spend the next five to six years learning to fly, generally with the same people. There's people I don't get on with, Chris. There's people I don't need to speak to again. There's people that have unfriended me because I speak out like this on podcasts and stuff and I try and help men understand their purpose and and, and especially transitioning through midlife crises and stuff because if you can keep a man alive between the ages of 40 and 45, you've pretty much done well. You know, he's, he's not going to go and slot himself. But 40 and 45 between 40 and 45 are difficult years for men 
um, you know, this as well. So that's, I feel that's my role. I run courses on that. I speak to a lot of men about it, but, but yeah, so we're the, we're the same people, you know, all of us really. Yeah. It's difficult that military connection because as much as we love, you know, being part of this brotherhood or, or in your case, brother and sisterhood, um, the, you're talking about people that live in their egos, aren't you? You know, they've never, they're in the third dimension and um you've got to have an ego as a pilot but you don't have to have a massive ego and i don't know pilots with massive egos uh i don't generally don't make it i think what happens sometimes does display pilots if you no, i don't it doesn't really happen they get brought back down again by other pilots they don't look like a dick you know yeah when i I say when i say ego it's probably uh, it's probably a bit bit misleading word because it covers like a lot of confidence all the way through to arrogance yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just mean someone that lives in their ego is someone that will hop in a plane and go and bomb another country. That's that's all like lower what what the Buddhists yeah. would call lower self. It's yeah, yeah, I understand. Justification to yourself that you're right to do. You live in a matrix, so you believe your orders. You don't question them. You get your information from the BBC News, but you know, and we all yeah, know. not anymore, don't. But yeah, but, not anymore, Chris. But yeah, yeah I used but you, to. Um, you you don't live in your ego, though, Tim. I tell you that you don't. I don't. But 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 like I say, ninety eight percent of the public do. And we um, we both went to war, and you know what? I challenged that war I went to because uh, we're using the old mandate from the UN. I challenged it and an attorney came and sat in front of the entire squadron. This was back in 2005 when I went to Iraq for the first time, one of the first squadrons out there. And she said, if you, I remember sat in front of the whole squadron and said, if you, she she was um, a military, um, military lawyer pretty much. And she said, if you bomb someone out in theater at the moment, you will go to jail because you know, they hadn't had it and squared it away. And we're like, Oh, brilliant. Okay. Thanks for that. And even when, even when I was supposed to, I was supposed to drop on, on a, on a target, which was a lot of people, unfortunately, and I had a, someone in the back of the jet, let's just say, I don't need to know who it was, um, a bit senior. And he said, there's a lot to be said for not being the first jet to drop in theatre. Uh, and he, he was absolutely right, Chris. Yes, of course. He's right. But still, the British Army need a bomb. They need a bomb, don't they? And that they didn't. But one thing I say, Chris, is I, I fought against the whole war. Well, the whole squadron did. A lot of educated men and women were fighting against this. Like, hang on, what's, what's going on? But as soon as you're committed to that war, you go, you don't talk about it again until you come home. Because when you do not leave those young men, as you know, on the ground without air support, it's not going to happen. If that jet comes at you with a target in it, it's going to destroy that target. It's just not, discuss it later on when we come home, you know what I mean? But we should have discussed it before we went, and we haven't. So you're going to get the bomb, you're going to get the gun, and then when we come home again, we'll, we'll talk it out. But when you commit a tornado um, squadron to, to theatre operations, you are literally saying uh, it's like committing the parachute regiment or the Royal Marines, isn't it? Shock troops, you know, um, it's like committing to a peacekeeping thing. It's like, that's not really going to work too well for you. Well, Royal Marines, it does parachute regiment. I'm assuming it's not the best task that they could possibly employ, be employed with, although they do do it, of course, but a, a lot of tornadoes, you know, a squadron of tornadoes coming at you is going to carry on going. Um, and it's a, it's a brutal, it's an exceptional amount of, of a, it's an exceptional amount of expeditious violence, you know, delivered in one yes. huge package. My God, it is. It's um, it's uh, all all hell, all hell breaking loose. <laughs> and it has to be though, Chris. Really, because if if you if you're attacking, say, a tank brigade, and you just take out one or two tanks, those tanks still go, and then I've got to send more people. So if I take out half the amount of tanks in one go, that tank that that tank battalion might become combat ineffective, and those other men live. You see what I mean? Mm. They get to go home again. But taking out one or two tanks, 
well, they, they still fight, they still go. So it's a, it's the sort of the blitzkrieg is the, the shock way of ending something uh, quickly so that people live. It sounds counterintuitive, but that's why I say it's an exceptional amount of violence delivered in the most expeditious manner possible. Mm. Some people on my YouTube channel find that hard to understand. And that, that's why we have these discussions. Um, young people, young men, unfortunately, find it difficult to come to terms with the fact that they may have to do that because when they look at jets, they're like, I want to fly jets. It's like, understand that you're an officer first, you're a pilot second, and you're a warfighter who has to deliver death to the enemy. It's not a flying club, unfortunately. It does you damage, doesn't it, Chris, when you leave? You've got to do some work on that. Yeah, it's hard, mate. It's the same with the Marines. I mean, what, mm. I, I, when I, especially when I was doing lots of commando videos, I had this chat a lot. I, I, I get it's the most, it's the biggest question I get asked. The most amount of messages are, Chris, what, I, I, un I understand, you know, the that you're working for the ruling elite, but I still want to join anyway. And, and, and not, not always. Some people are like, do you know what? I wanted to join, but now I understand what it's really about. You know, I think I'm going to do, do something else. Am it's not I a bad career, though, Chris. That's the thing I say to young people. If you can compartmentalise what you're going to do, if you can come to terms with it, that hopefully, I mean, look at Trump. Everyone gives Trump a bad time, right? But he's not he's not started any new wars at all. If anything, he's brought troops out. Uh, every other president has been throwing guys into conflicts, uh, you know, sons and daughters dying and stuff. And for what? What tangible change have we honestly made? Let's look at Afghanistan or something or, or the war in Iraq. Yeah, we've got a lot of companies made a lot of money out of those wars. But for the people, anything tangibly change? ISIS went into no, that vacuum. Of course not. You know what I mean? And we knew it was going to happen. I always say joining the Marines is the proudest thing I ever did. It's one hell of a career. It's not really a career. It's a lifestyle. Um, you you get the experience of not having to work for a fucking wanker boss for all your young years who doesn't care about you. And you sit on your fat ass in an office. You know, the most exciting thing you do in your day is sneakily watch a YouTube video in the afternoon if you don't get caught. Then you go home, have your fish and chips, watch your soap opera and fall asleep, you know, with your beer, right? It's, it's, if people aren't living that, then I'm absolutely impressed for them. But um, I'm just generalising here. You join the Marines, oh my God. Okay, once you pass that training, it's 60 to 70% utter boredom and you wish you weren't there. You wish you were at home doing something, but then you get paid while you're at home doing that thing. Um, so there's a lot of uh, pluses to it, but I say to people, if you are going to join, just make sure you know, you know, who you're fighting for. Because if if you think it's about freedom and democracy, then then you're deluded. And who who wants to be deluded in their life? I'm I'm guessing some people probably do. But um, I just want to say, Tony uh, made a donation in the chat earlier, and I didn't get a chance to say thank you. So thank you so much, Tony. Um, that that really helps me out. Um, if you put your questions in caps, guys. I've got some here. Do you want me to go through them? What we do? Let's watch a bit more of the next video, and then we'll yeah. we'll relax and take the questions, and then we'll we'll bid adieu, or, or if that's the right German. Yeah, we'll take um, some questions as well. Let's let's have a look at the the next video. I'm just showing off doing all the technology because I normally screw it up. To Oh, hang on a sec. Sorry, so I've got watches now, aren't I? Yeah, so okay. This, this is the um, director's cut, or, or not the director's cut, but it's more of a, a, a bit about the background. I probably won't watch all of it, folks, but let's have a look. Maverick, you're ready. Maverick, you're ready. Control, stand by. All right, three, two, one. <laughs> 
I'm just going to uh, pause that. There was a guy there. I don't know if you caught it, folks, but he had a, a quilted jacket. He was behind the camera or, or near the camera. He had a blue quilted jacket. It's the jacket I just bought because I was supposed to be running across the desert this month, wasn't I? Running across the Sahara Desert. And that jacket cost me 400 quid. And it weighs something like 18 grams. Just wanted to point that out. So that guy, that guy had style. 34 years, Tom Cruise returns as Maverick. This is a competition film about family, friendship, and sacrifice. It's a love letter to aviation. We're gonna show you what it's really like to be a Top Gun pilot. You just can't create this kind of experience. I'm just gonna chip in there, because I don't know if that was Jerry Brockheimer speaking, but what did he say? It's about family, friends, and something or other. Conveniently didn't mention that it's actually about uh, illegally invading other people's country and, and, and dropping bombs on them, but... Unless you shoot it live. In order for us to accomplish this, we have the greatest fighter pilots in the world working with us. We're working with a brand new camera system that allows us to put six IMAX quality cameras inside the cockpit with the actors. Verify cameras are on. Check cameras on. There you go. It's amazing what we see in the cockpit and what an audience is going to experience. Tom, all the actors becoming accustomed to the G-forces by all the training that they're doing. It is aggressive. You can't act that. The distortion in the face. They're pulling seven and a half eight Gs. That's 1,600 pounds of force. I am so proud of them and what they've done. And it is heavy duty. Oh, my God. All right. oh okay. <laughs> Putting us up in these jets, it's very serious. That's why everybody thought it would be impossible. And I think when Tom hears that something's impossible or it can't be done, that's when he gets to work. Fighter jets is an absolute thrill ride. We want to make sure that the audience has. I'm just going to um, pause it there, folks. This this trailer was under Creative Commons, so I, I think they don't mind if you if you use it. But I'm just going to stop there for a minute because the longer you play something, the more chance you are going to get hit for a copyright issue. But um, no worries. What, they can what watch I, it. Yeah, what I wanted to point out was um, he said. He said something like Tom Cruise has really been showing these actors how to how to be in the cockpit. And I wonder if he said that purposely to ignore the fact that, no, there's a pilot in there flying the aeroplane. Tom's just in the back seat pulling all these, you know, G-force <laughs> facial yeah. expressions. Obviously, he's got 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 G-force, but I am right in that, Tim. He, he This is a two seater, right? And they've got a camera filming back. Yeah. You can't teach, yeah. Is it the pro so I fly with some pilots. Well, I'm going to say this. I, I, there's simulator pilots. You know, they fly DCS on on simulator. It's a very complicated flight sim, and they fly this aircraft, the F-18, on that. And 
it's very hard for me even to get them into the correct position where we can do air combat because they haven't done the previous three years worth of flying um, just to know how to be in formation and how to turn onto a heading and get to the flight level. And these actors, there'd be no way they could have flown that jet themselves. They can go up and down left and right and they can make it climb, make it to start, you know, and then maybe they can even use the throttle to set some aspect of power, but they can't do these maneuvers you're seeing here. Um, they're not conditioned physically for it for a start. That's why you see the guy at the end there, you know, feeling sick. Because if I didn't fly for about 30 days and I went in there combat sorty, I'll be solo. I'll be by myself. I After about 30, 40 minutes, I'll be making myself sick, like literally feeling horrible. And and it would be fine. I'd, I'd get back to my office, lie down for like three minutes on the floor as the world just went around me. And then the next trip, I'd be absolutely fine. But I was working in office at the same time, I remember, as I, in the last year of my flying. So those actors did really well to withstand all that stuff. And the US Navy don't mess around. I don't like the way the US Navy do it, to be honest. Um, they're pretty brutal with their packs, but they say you want to give them the full fighter pilot experience. In the Royal Air Force, we didn't do that. Um, we could pull up to 4G with a PAX, a passenger, it's called a PAX, uh, 4G with them. If they were, um, if they, if they, well, we, if they were, were fine with it, we could then pull more G. But you don't make someone unconscious in an airplane. It's an incredibly dangerous thing to do. And the amount of G they're pulling there, these guys would have the G pants on that inflate to keep the blood from coming from your head and your heart. But uh, to have someone unconscious in an airplane sitting on an injection seat, is a bad thing because when you wake up from that unconscious state, which is called G-induced loss of consciousness, which can last, you know, maybe up to, um, well, as soon as the blood comes back to your brain, the oxygen is in your brain, you recover, but you've got about a 30 second period afterwards where you don't really know where you are. Um, and you're like, where am I? What's going on? But the main thing is that your nerves can be hit with it. So you, your hands do this and your arms do this for about 20 seconds and doing that next to an ejection handle, no, not good. That's a bad thing. So that's why we don't do that in the Air Force. We're with passengers. So those those guys would have had specialist training in a centrifuge probably as well. They've done well though, to be honest, because the US Navy don't mess around. So yeah, just for um, our friends at home, I I put up uh, the clip of Tim and I discussing the ejector seat. So if you go into my playlist um, under, I think I put it under Elite Forces clips. There's Tim and I discussing the ejector seat because I saw Quadrex there. Hello, Quadrex. Um, yeah, and just to give a bit of context so tim is a pilot um ref and naval pilot i'm a private pilot so i've never you know could only ever aspire to going as fast as the, the, these guys are traveling but i did work on an aircraft carrier for a year so this is why um yeah it's quite a special moment when you see the plane taking off and doing that 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 spiral I can tell you now it's much more romantic in the photography than it is in 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 real life. In real life, it's smelly, it's stinky of, of, of avgas. Um, the, it's quite a humble thing. The plane just goes up the ramp and takes off. It's not quite the hold on to your hold on to your hats that, that the film puts across. But, you know, that's a film, isn't it? And they, they, they do it really. Excuse me. They do it really well. Let's just watch a wee bit, wee bit more and then we'll, we'll go to some questions. Same experience. Three, two, one, Aviation film like this has never been done. And chances are will never be done again. So yes, let's get us our mugs back on the big screen. 
Yeah, um, it's not a film that you're not going to watch, Tim, is it, really? Uh, I will watch it. Uh, don't get me wrong, I will. And I'm quite quite excited about it. It seems to be quite good. But like you, Chris, um, I, I don't I don't think too much about the the other side to to that sort of film and attracting young men and women into the military to go and do things overseas. Because if you do think about that too much, uh, it kind of eats you up a lot, a little bit, especially if having done that yourself. But I, I will look at it for an enjoyment factor, but also I look at it to see how they've edited it together. And, you know, is it genuine flying? Have they, the bit you saw with the, the jet accelerating away from the camera jet, that was sped up, for example. Jets don't accelerate that fast. They accelerate quite slowly, you know, as, they, as the speed kicks in. So, but that was done for the trailer, fair enough. But apparently all of it's genuine in the film. Um, I don't think there's much CGI. So I'm interested to have a look at that. And I'd be fair to Tom, <laughs> me and Tom go back a long way. To be fair to Tom, um, he, puts his body, he puts his body through punishing schedules with all the stunts that he does himself anyway. I mean, he, hang, he hanged off the back of an A400M Airbus, didn't he? One of those um, things in the Royal Air Force when he was doing Mission Impossible. That was him doing that stunt. So fair play to the boy. He's not a young man and um, he does all right. Obviously he's a vampire, so it doesn't count, but. Yeah. I'll give him a call later and go, Tom, I was talking about you again, mate, on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, Chris doesn't want you on, mate, doesn't want you on. No, he says you're rubbish. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm just going to go back through. I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm scrolling up. Uh, let me have a look. You can ask me the questions. Why don't you do that? Else I'll just jump straight in there and with both feet. Yeah, I'm just thinking about what you said about Tom being fit, but I'm guessing with his religious background or the the cult or whatever you want to call that that um what's it called again the the oh he's with the uh oh i can't remember now there was a spaceship lands there was a you know i can't remember oh sorry guys it slipped my mind i'm not into that yeah i think somebody um someone write it out there someone, someone put it in some, the... somebody put it in it it, it uh, someone put it in oh, Paul Jackson, uh, scientology right? sorry scientology there that was it scientology, yeah, scientology. There you go. brains kicked in again so uh, Quadrex, has Tim ever had to use the ejector seat? No, loads of my friends have. I never did. We had a, we had a really high rate of ejections. There was an Australian pilot that came over us and flew with us for a long time, and I, I know him as a friend of mine. And he said, why do you guys keep ejecting all the time? <laughs> and he was right. There was like ejections all over. The it was ridiculous. Um, but we we tend to push our... We, we were pushing our training a lot harder than I think other nations were. We're doing a lot more low flying, uh, so we're hitting a lot more birds, you know, or mountains, of course. Um, and the jets, you know, it's always to do with the serviceability of the jet. But no, I, I never did. I never did. And I'm lucky. I reached for it twice, never pulled it. And I would have been killed both times if I had pulled the handle because the jet was outside of the ejection envelope. It was at an angle at both sides. I would have come out and hit the ground. In fact, my deputy at Valley had a very similar experience recently. And he, he said exactly the same thing. He went for the handle, realized they're both going to be killed. So he stayed with the airplane, um, hit his wing on the runway and, uh, took off again basically because the wing hit concrete and damaged the wing but don't think that made the press did it maybe i shouldn't talk about that yeah and the other thing uh we mentioned in our chat tim wasn't it is it if, if you eject you're taking the risk of being having spinal damage for life and not being able to fly again yeah so it's better than death but it's still going to mess you up in a big way um spinal damage normally uh, you can get flailing injuries we had arm restraints and leg restraints that pulled my arms into the seat, but arms can come out here and, you know, break off. Well, not break off, but break and stuff. High speed, especially. So the seat won't save you. The F-35 is a good, good seat, actually. The ty Typhoon as well. The Tornado seat wasn't that brilliant. But it's not, it's not a panacea. You've got to, you know, you can be upside down at 
250 feet at 420 knots, about 500 miles an hour, and you can eject and you'll be fine. If you've got five degrees down towards the ground and you eject, you're going to be killed. So it's not, you know, you've got to, you've got to be in seat limits. We call it inside ejection seat limits. And we're all aware of what they are. So, so um, is there, Brooks asking, is there a comparable adrenaline rush in Civvy, Civvy Street to taking off on a sortie? Oh, it's not taking, it's not actually, the funny thing is, there's not really much adrenaline in flying. Um, well, what I mean by that is it's normalised by the time you get onto the jets because you've flown for five or six years. I tell you that if I'm on a red flag exercise in America and I've been to the briefs, the briefs last ages, I've done the planning. Red flag is the biggest exercise you can go on. It's like a mini war in the Nevada desert. And I've done the briefs. I've got my mission. I know where I'm going. I know what I've got to do. I'm part of a massive package of maybe 80, 90 aircraft. You're all in a big line taxing out. That, I remember, I'm lucky, I did, I did it with a navigator, I did a weapons officer, I'd hate to do it solo, as in, I hate to not have a guy on board with me because it's a big exercise. You're you're pretty much hyped up for that because you don't want to get that wrong. You don't want to be the guy in the debrief that someone says, where was Wolf 2? Put your hand up. And you're like, oh, this is going to go badly. <laughs> and all the pilots are in the room, you know what I mean? And all the pilots are like, oh, dude, what have you done? I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. They're like, Wolf 2, we've spotted you doing this and it's a violation of training rules. I'm like, oh, sorry. So that's why you're amped up for it, because you just don't want to embarrass yourself or the squadron or your country, really, because you're there for your country, aren't you? you know, of course. It's full of Americans, Canadians, Israelis, everyone's there, you know. So that's that's it. But doing air combat, it's it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm on edge, this is brilliant. It's not, it's not like that. It's clinical. It's clinical. You just want to fly the correct speeds, see the correct picture, uh, the angles, energy, maintain, um, get in close to the, the sight picture and then kill out, get back home, drink tea. If you like drinking tea. So, oh, but is there, is there a comparative one? Though? That's interesting. The only thing I could think of is if I'm having an affair, my wife comes home. You know, that's got to be it, isn't it? It's got mm, like, mm, mm. No, I don't know. And if you know it, what it is, tell me, because I could do with a bit of that. I'll tell you what, public speaking is an interesting one, Chris. I'm, I'm all right now, public speaking. I've done a lot of it. But when I first started off public speaking to companies, especially, I spoke at Renault Formula One, and it was a packed out auditorium there, like the whole company. Um, and I was all right with that because I had a lot of training. But before, when I was speaking at other things, when I first came to the military, a lot of people didn't know who they were, walk on stage and you're like, but it's a science. You go, okay, cool. What do we do? What do psychologists do um, to treat people with anxiety? They introduce them to what they're anxious about in smaller, smaller doses. And they keep doing that until eventually their anxiety goes away. Same with flying on a jet, isn't it? If you're scared of flying, go flying on, you know, just go for a little flight and then a little more flight or watch flying videos or, or go to flight simulator. Eventually you normalize it. And anything that's not normalized in our life, we can be anxious about that's the problem and that's yeah. the problem with things like this cuties film as well because that will normalize our behavior towards looking at small girls with not many clothes on and before you know it it becomes a norm and we'll see it on adverts soon and it'll be mm -hmm. like what has our society turned into which is why you don't do it in the first place you don't yeah. look at girls in the you know scantily dressed small girls it's like what is that what's that about how to get that rant in yeah no it's a good rant it's a good rant and we need men like you tim because we've got a country full of pussies now um, uh, boys, I call it boys, Chris. Some, some, some men don't ever become men. They stay as boys their well, entire mo life. They mo mo most, yeah. most don't. You've only got to see the state of some people's blooming houses or bedrooms, and you think, Jesus. Yeah. Do you, do you, it's tidy stuff up. Ah, uh, just like who? Ah, uh, uh, not a criticism. It's just an obs. You know, it's an observation. But we, we were at one time a nation of warriors. You know, we didn't take any shit. Now. We just let these depraved maniacs debaucherize our kids. And there's and men out there still. You know, there are men, Chris. I spoke to a man the other day. He's one of yours, in fact. He was a swimmer canoeist, if you know what I mean. 
he's coming outside now. And I said, why are you coming outside? And he said, because I'm sick and tired of being cold and wet. <laughs> it's done it too much. <laughs> he goes, you know, diving under the fearless or something for the, in, in zero visibility for the, the second time, third time in a day. But that was a man, that was a guy very much in touch with his, his vulnerabilities. Um, he, he was, and he was asking about what he does when he leaves service. But there are men out there. They just, I think the problem is those men keep themselves to themselves. And they just get the work done. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I, I, I don't think, think I'm more it. referring to like you want to be a man. You you know, and what, by man I mean that jointly, man, woman. You've got to learn the rules. You've got to learn what you're playing by. You've got to learn what the enemy is doing to your children as we speak now. You know, yeah. if you're doing a certain thing in society at the moment, and you know what I'm referring to, if you're if you're wearing certain things, you're not a man. You're a coward. Right, because you are enslaving children. That is all you're doing by not standing up and taking a stand and going. Sorry, I'm not doing that. Not not you know the 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 the, the even if you want to believe the narrative. And like I say, when you when you learn science, life takes on a whole new meaning. But even if you want to 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 do what they're doing now to our children. For the sake of maybe naught point naught naught one percent of the population might might ah it's that's not manliness. That's, no, we need to protect the vulnerable, don't we, Chris? You know, that's not manliness. Else. But here we go. Oh, right. I'm glad you're having these conversations. I'm glad you are, to be honest. Well, if you don't protect children, you, you there is actually a word for people that 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 you know program children. I'm not. I don't even. We've just we've already mentioned it earlier. But that you ain't no different to that. You know. If you if you just wholesale accept what's being done to them at the minute, the the programming of their file, if you're wondering, file like as you file a computer, you program a computer. That's what they're doing to this this young generation at the minute, filing them with fear, false science. Um, yeah, if we don't stand out about it, if we don't speak out about it, we're complicit in it. That's the problem I've got. You know, it's what, what is um, what was said? It's only for evil to take place and for good men to do nothing. And yeah. that's why when that kid threw that thing across the street, when I was walking, I was like, yeah, I want to do something about that. You know, I want to drag the kid over, kicking and screaming, get him to pick it up and put it in the bin. But if I touch that kid, this is why it's mixed up, isn't it? It's not my son. You know, he's bad, probably had bad parenting or something. You know, I don't know, bad schooling, most definitely. But you know, where the, the parents expect the school to be the parents, don't they? And it's awful. But I'm, I'm glad you're talking about what's happening right now, Chris, because a lot of people, unfortunately, not, that aren't really listening too well, much. Well, you know, I've I, I seen these big men, Tim, and they got the big biceps from the gym. They're covered in tattoos. they got the skinny jeans on. And they and, and I'm not going to say it, but, but, they, but they're wearing something and they just look fucking ridiculous, you know? The, what are they wearing? Uh, no, no, no! I'm not going to say it, but but you 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 you, you um you showed us what one er, you showed us one earlier. You know? What tomorrow? They they they're going into say supermarkets wearing certain things, and it's just fucking grow up for fuck's sake! You know, it's it's not on. It's just not oh, on. Look. You're just condemning the next generation to to a future of slavery by being cowards and 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 yeah. Like this thing about take taking the knee and and and, and people are going, I ain't doing that, you know, I ain't doing <laughs> you that. You and me the same. Oh dear, you and me yeah. the same. No one, no one dictates. As long as you're not out hurting anybody, you know, no one dictates well, how you how you live your life. So long as human law is, you just don't hurt or put other people down or make their lot bad. As long as you're not doing that, you know, and you're not polluting the planet. 
do, you can do what the hell you like then ah, sorry i'm go, going about... on one but you know I'm, I'm a father and my boy comes before everybody else on this planet and so i'll i will say <laughs> i'll say it how it is because some somebody needs to i've got this issue with formula one at the moment because how how far do we let politics cross in a sport when, when Formula One was under Bernie Eccleston, Lewis Hamilton wouldn't have been able to do what he does now. Now, I'm a, I'm a Lewis fan. I like what he's doing on his channels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't actually break any rules by wearing the T-shirt he wore. You might have seen it in the papers. Because um, only the rules are only broken if it's on the car. But, you, but now they've rewritten the rules. So he's pushing boundaries. And maybe we need our sports stars to push boundaries. But he comes out with this message. What if every driver had a different message? We'd never get the race started, would we? That's the problem. And that's my argument. It's like, where do we... what? What are the boundaries? I think his message is misguided, but he's allowed to have a message. Is Fine. This a, I'm taking Is this as a Black Lives Matter thing, is it? It was Fiona Taylor as well, um, the young young black woman that was shot in the what was a no-knock drugs warrant. Um, but it was actually not, it was a knock drugs warrant. They had a no-knock drugs warrant, but they did knock. But she was killed in the crossfire. And he said, arrest the, the cops for murdering this woman. And it's like, no, but they, they've done an investigation into it. and. That there was, they were, they were exonerated. They were found that there was, there was no impropriety. There was one police officer that shot randomly into the building, and he's on a charge. The rest of them um, were trying to shoot the bloke because the bloke had shot at them on entry. The bloke thought he was getting done by drug dealers, so he had he been involved in drugs, achieving involved in drugs. So they knocked on the door, opened the door. He shot, hit an officer in the leg, and they returned fire and killed the girl. Unfortunately, but Lewis, before the last race, Miguelo had a T-shirt on saying saying that about Brenna Taylor. Uh, and it's, he stood there and of course they'll take a knee, don't they? Now, some drivers don't take a knee. I'd be a driver that didn't take a knee. I'd be standing at the back. I'd have a t-shirt on saying no to racism. I'm happy with that. I, I you know, like, by the way, let me know when you do end racism because you'll never will. So the issue being now, how do you get that sport back to normal? When, do, when do you end it? That's why you've got to be very careful with political demonstrations. It's sporting events. They've stopped the, the BLM stuff on the premier footballers now. They've taken it off, but they were, I think, I don't know, they're still kneeling now. Maybe they are. It's like, what do you do if one player decides not to kneel? His career's over, isn't it? That's why none of you should do that. None of you. Just, you say, no, we're keeping politics out of sport. On your own individual channel, on your Instagram, whatever, tweet away, crack, you know, crack on with you. I, I, don't, I couldn't care less. I, I follow Lewis closely. I, I like what he does. He's a superb driver and he's a good humanitarian. Does great things for the planet as well. He's got some great projects going on. I like what he does care you've got to have care because f1 is not your platform it's not lewis's platform it does not belong to lewis hamilton and that's the issue because other drivers are like lewis what are we doing mate come on what about what i care about i want to stand up there and say um you know i want to talk about domestic violence no we can't do that no well i you know why because i want to talk about blm that's the problem with it it's a very gray area and it's a difficult one that's why that's why i talk it out because that's how we understand these things chris is by by um talking in it yes it is Right, I think we should wrap up. Wrap there was up. a question though, just one I think oh. that I should have answered. No, oh, no. I didn't see any. I'll just go through from where um, where you say get some writing capitals. Uh, done that. So the one I, oh, I might have just blocked someone. If I have, I'm really sorry. It just, I think I just, I don't know what I did. I'm so sorry if I did. Uh, no, one down here was. You can't block someone I can't. on my channel. Don't worry. I'll wait till it gets on the mine then. Then when then it's on it and it's on. Um, I don't block anyone actually. I didn't see any UFOs. No, never. I don't know anyone that has, by the way. So I haven't. Um, my favourite YouTuber, Chris the Man, obviously. I like uh, Chris. I think your channel's brilliant. Chris Dangerfield, he's on all. He's, he, I like what he says sometimes. Um, who else do I watch religiously? I, I'm into political discourse right now. So there's a lot of people who have gotten a bit of Douglas Murray recently, but I'm not 110%.
but there are people like that. If you want to know, come on to my one and I'll talk about it on my next um, my next one. And subscriber, uh, Paul Jackson's down here somewhere. He's my favourite subscriber. He's a lad. Good man. And then just going down the rest of them. Yeah, psychologists, are flooding. I, I'm aware of that. I, didn't, I wasn't aware that they used it that much then. And I think that's all the questions, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, good. Yes, that's right. Beyond Taylor's number two boyfriend thought it was Beyond Taylor's number one boyfriend doing the knock. I've heard that one as well, actually. I've heard that one doing the knock. Um, doing, they're doing the rounds as well. Oh, hang on a sec. I got blocked by Tim Davies' mug. We'll be on eBay later. Yeah, I've got a mug coming out. Well, I've got loads of mugs coming out because you guys seem to want them like this. But it's going to say, like, I'm a factually correct statement. I use that one a lot. I've got loads of them, loads of them. I've got, I've got, people have been sending me what I talk about on these things and saying, make this into a mug, make it into a T-shirt. I'm like, all right, shout out. So I'm just trying to find the best, because um, YouTube have merchandise on them, but it can be quite expensive. There's a place in Cornwall that <laughs> this um, this other Marine put me onto that that do uh, do merch a lot better. And I want to support small businesses right now because as Chris said, everyone's buying off Amazon at the moment. You won't have any small businesses to go to soon. And it'll be awful. All our shopping will be delivered. You won't be meeting people in the street. You'll, you'll break down. I speak to young people sometimes and they cannot converse with me like we're doing now. They don't have the ability to have a conversation. Not all, by the way. Not all. A lot of young people are super intelligent, and I'm. Tim, it's I'm this amazed. thing when they fucking argue with you. That's that's. Oh yeah, that, yeah. You know, well, it, it, it's like, dude, you're 25 years old. I'm twice your age. I've, I've never seen, argued with someone. I've seen a whole world and things that you 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 couldn't even believe, and you're arguing with me because you've seen something in your mainstream media narrative, right? That and yeah. it's just. God, for, for our young people listening, don't be that, don't be that person. Just sit back, and, sit back and think, do you know what? This might actually be someone who's got something to say and I could, I could learn here. Um, oh, God. I'm, a, I'm good with the discussion, but I had a young guy the other day, I think it was on Twitter, and he said, um, there's nothing more important. I don't know how he got himself worked up and I was being really you know, respectful. And he said, um, he just got himself wrapped in a bit of a knot. It's quite easy. I don't find arguments that difficult because i can just analyze and go back over what someone said and say is this what you meant or should we you know expand and of course a lot of people can't expand on it because they haven't done the work they've got a very as you said they've got the msn mainstream media part but they haven't gone i'm just going to read about that narrative and go a bit deeper i'm going to go and read chris's book on babylon and i'm going to have a i'm going to find out some some facts and not listen to whatever that woman on sky news she called me a sexist Kay burley called me a sexist because i said uh, i said female pilots i said the reason there's not that many more female pilots is because Females tend to not be attracted to things. They're attracted to relationships and people. This is why they go into healthcare and education and not into engineering. Generalization, I did state generalization, and she uh, put it on her Sky News thing and um, said, and that, Tim, is a sexist attitude. And I just sent a report from Harvard that said exactly that. What, um, what, were, you on the, were you talking on the news or something? No, I was, she was asking for things. She was on a news program and I made the mistake of... Or someone, someone said, hey, look, Kay Burley's asking for people to tweet her about this. Someone sent me a message. Uh, okay. And, I was like, oh, and, oh, okay. and she replied to your tweet, did she? Yeah, she, oh, she replied yeah, you to got, my tweet. You've got, you got to remember, we saw this with the Jordan Peterson thing on, on, chan, on the channel. For, you know, their job, they get briefed to, to push this, mm. this left-wing narrative. You know, it's the people that own the media companies are the, Bab they're the corporate arm of the Babylonian mafia, right? Their job is to just cre keep creating this division and this havoc. And that's why Jordan Peterson, when he just stood his ground and went, no, you're, you're, you're not listening to me and you're twisting mm. my words to purposely 
tried to make me look bad. And, it's and Kathy Newman, wasn't it? Kathy yeah. Newman, and the, and Kathy and Newman. and yeah. this is it, you know, this is it. But well, hey she said, ho. you know, she said a lot of things, didn't she? She picked the wrong guy and it made him famous, and then everyone listened to him. And where's where's Kathy Newman now? But yeah. she kept saying, "So you're saying what?" But look, Chris, great to speak to you as always. You know this. I'm a number one fan. I'm going to get a T-shirt saying Chris Strawls <laughs> is a great guy. You hey, know mate, I mean? so. takes one to no one. Absolutely, it's it's. Well, I appreciate it's it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Everybody sure, watching, go and check out Fast Jet Performance Tim's channel. There's a link link below. You you you'll all get a, a complimentary mug. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> and some um, money, yeah. But right, I'm gonna. Tim, if you just want to stay on the line while I play out my intro, my outro and just click us off and then, then I'll say a goodbye properly. Right. So much love to you, Tim. Thank you so much. Much love to all of our wonderful subscribers out there. If you could just hit the like button and, and maybe share this on social media. Subscribe even would, would, would be great. And uh, yeah, let's do it again. Just trying to think of some tacky cliche uh you need top, to get top, one top top yeah. gun line to come out with then but uh, you need to get one yeah yes no worries <laughs> friends thank you for listening to the bought the t-shirt podcast please like subscribe and share and don't forget to follow me on social media username chris thrall instagram chris thank you